Smokers in England are being encouraged to take up vaping in a government-led initiative to get them to give up cigarettes. Despite concerns that children are being lured into vaping by a variety of flavours and attractive packaging, free vape kits are being offered to one million adult smokers in a quote, swap to stop campaign. The government says it's focusing on helping people to quit rather than imposing bans. The aim is to make the country smoke-free by 2030. Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. As reported on this show over the past year, there's been a worrying uptick of anti-vaping pressure in the UK. So virulent are the attacks that at the global home of enlightened public health policy on vaping, there's been serious talk of flavor bans and other restrictive measures to stem the so-called epidemic of teen vaping. Driving anti-vaping headway are concerns over disposable vapes, including spiked nicotine concentrations found in mislabeled devices, an explosion of illicit disposables finding their way into the hands of teens, and valid concerns over the environmental impact of tens of millions of single-use devices being thrown into the trash. Make no mistake, by hyping these concerns, anti-vaping campaigners were close to breaching the dam. That is, until this past Tuesday when the British government announced an astonishing new plan to provide one million smokers a free vaping starter kit to help smokers to quit for good. Joining us today from England to talk through the new plan is Louise Ross, a clinical consultant at the National Centre for Smoking Cessation and Training, the business development manager for the Smoke Free app, and chair for the New Nicotine Alliance UK, a registered charity dedicated to promoting issues around harm reduction. Louise, it's so great to see you and thanks for coming back on the show. Lovely to be here. So the new scheme, as it's called in Britain, uh, is Swap to Stop. How big is this news that the government is providing free vapes to one million smokers in Britain? Well, it's very exciting to many of us in the field. And we, we, we had very, very short uh, warning that this was coming out. Um, and so everybody was like, mobilizing. I was being asked to get some, um, some, some people together for, for any news items that might come along, you know, people that are used to smoke and, and now vape, uh, because it's very, very good news. It's good news for, for people who smoke. It's good news for the stop smoking services because it will actually uh, improve our success rates um, and, and, you know, really good news for the health of the nation. You said it was short notice. How short? about sort of like 24 hours really um so we've been waiting for a long time for the government to bring out a tobacco control plan and um a a very important uh, independent review had taken place uh lots and lots of recommendations lots of people commented on this and you know one of the key recommendations was making Um, tobacco harm reduction in the form of vaping particularly much more accessible to people who are smoking. Um, There were other things as well like um, incentivizing pregnant women to stop smoking Um, but you know the months went by and we weren't sure just how soon this announcement would come and then suddenly there it was. Um, some people were disappointed that there wasn't more of the, the what is called the Khan review, the independent tobacco review, um, in the in the government announcement. But you know, we were certainly at the New Nicotine Alliance, MCSCT, uh, many other um, health bodies, 
uh, were very pleased to see the the primacy of um, uh, switching to vaping as uh, you know as a, a key plank in the whole policy. I would imagine that this program will contribute to uh, in, you know decreasing the misinformation around vaping. I hope so. And I, I put out an appeal on Twitter the same day saying, you know, I hope this convinces healthcare professionals that, you know, they shouldn't be saying to their patients that vaping is as bad as smoking, because we hear this all the time. Um, you know, patients who are already ill, often with smoking related disease, say to their doctor or their nurse, you know, I'm thinking about maybe switching to vaping. And sometimes, uh, the healthcare professional will say, um, I wouldn't do that. You might as well stick with smoking because at least you know what's in that. Um, now, these aren't isolated incidents. Um, so I'm hoping that the government announcement will, will make people look again at, at the benefits, at the, at the vast differential, you know, in terms of harm. We know there's plenty of evidence that, that vaping is a fraction of the risks of smoking combustible cigarettes. So, you know, we're, we're, we're encouraging people to go to the NCSCT website, do the training in, um, uh, you know, vaping awareness. We're just about to launch a new vaping briefing. There's lots of information on the NCSCT website. So we strongly encourage healthcare professionals and the general public to, to gen up on this a bit and get more information about the, you know, the huge difference in, the, you know, in terms of the risk profile. Now, the government is saying that this is a world first. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, uh, and in fact, I, I was interviewed the same day by one of the BBC regional channels. Uh, and they said, well, you know, has Britain copied somewhere else? You know, has this been proven to work? Uh, no, we are the first country to do this. And I'm very, very proud to have been part of this. You know, we started gathering evidence for this back in 2014. And... Some of that very compelling evidence is about what people who switch tell us. Um, so, you know, you've got randomized con control trials that, that show the difference between um, using uh, a nicotine containing e-cigarette and NRT. We know that it's twice as likely to, to bring about a successful quit. But what we have is, is a vast um, array of personal stories from people who, who actually did it. People who say, you know, I didn't know it could be so easy. I've tried everything else and this is the first thing that worked. Um, and, you know, th those are very, very compelling stories, you know, particularly people who thought that it would never, ever manage to stop smoking. So what more details can you share about this program? So the starter kits, I guess it's not going to be ongoing vapes. This is just like a one-time thing. And the other point to make is that this is about one-fifth of all smokers. So there's, what, 5 million smokers in England, and a million of them are going to receive these kits. Well, it's, it's not about rationing. It's about actually getting people into the stop smoking services um, and, and providing extra behavioural support in different ways. So some people will go to a stop smoking service and see an advisor on a weekly basis, as happens now uh, in you know, stop smoking services all over England. Um, some may get digital help. And in fact, um, you know, there are plans to, to create um, a digital stop smoking service uh, alongside 
the you know the the face to face services, so that you've got lots of choice for people. Some people can't manage to get to uh, a weekly appointment; would rather have that ongoing day to day. Um, you know, talk to a, a, a digital advisor whenever they, they feel like it. But all of those people will be able to opt for, for choosing a vape. And as I say, it, it's not about rationing it. It's about making sure that you get as, enough people in to actually, you know, hit that million mark. If we get that, who knows where this will go. So we had you first on the t- show here in 2016, I believe, talking about the stop smoking service in uh, Britain. And then, so how do you feel? Because this feels, this seems to be the, you know, the pinnacle of those efforts that you were really pushing back then. We're, we're very proud. I'm very proud. Yes. But, you know, thanks go to many other really important people in this field, you know, policymakers, uh, politicians, scientists, researchers, uh, public health leads, a lot of people, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to know the many people, say, who have spoken at the e-cigarette summit in London. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to start naming them because there are so many and I wouldn't want to leave anybody out. But, you know, there are researchers that have been very brave and chosen to, um, to run studies that show that you know, vaping is just what you need to reach, for instance, very marginalised communities. Um, I'm, I'm going to use homeless people as an example. And, you know, it's it's profoundly difficult to get homeless people to go to a stop smoking service and use NRT. You know, very, very little interest in that. But they so need to stop smoking. So, you know, a study that shows that vaping is popular, effective, and, and more useful than, than the traditional means of, of helping people stop smoking, you know, for a marginalised group, you know, it's incredibly valuable. So, yeah, I'm proud to know researchers that have done this sort of um, work to, to provide the evidence. Because when we started, we had no evidence. It was just a, a gut feeling that this was the right thing to do. And, you know, this, what, nearly 10 years on, we've got lots and lots of evidence now. So it's not just the behavioral support, and you also did mention that there's a focus on pregnant women, but the government is promising a crackdown on illicit vapes and teen vaping overall. What can you tell us about that? Yes, I mean, something has to be done. Um, and I'm glad that there's a proportionate uh, response to this. So they're very aware that the wrong kind of enforcement could make it much more difficult for adult smokers to switch. So there's a very clever distinction between um, making making vaping possible, easy, um, desirable amongst adults who smoke while using powers that already exist to stop young people just casually buying. We know that there are breaches in in the the regulations in terms of selling to under 18s. We know that um, illicit products, products that don't meet the the TRPR regulations um, are coming onto the market. But trading standards, who are the enforcing body, don't have the the, the personnel, enough personnel, to actually do these enforcement visits, to do test purchasing and so on. So this new task force is going to be set up by the government 
will actually strengthen those existing um, levers to make sure that um, vape products are kept out of the hands of people under the age of 18. So Louise, it was Health Minister Neil O'Brien who's been leading this effort and he announced that uh, following the success of uh, local programs, which we've actually curated stories on regarding pregnant women, so they'll be offered financial incentives to help them stop smoking. Are they going to be offered vaping products too as well? Or is it just vouchers and financial incentives? The announcement didn't make that clear. Um, certainly some stop smoking services in England already give vaping products to pregnant women. And you know my, my service certainly did, um, and I know many others that do. And in fact, for some women, that's the only thing that works. They are not interested in the nicotine replacement therapy. Some will be, but you know, again, it's about giving a wide range of choice. I think that, that there needs to be more development of the detail in terms of whether the national offer will include pregnant women in, in that way, in terms of giving them, them a vape. There's been a bit of a, um, a, a kind of hiccup, if you like, with new NICE guidance. So NICE um, is the body that, that gives guidance to healthcare professionals. Um, and, and, and other stakeholders. And they recently made a statement uh, that slightly confused people about whether there was strong enough evidence to support the use of vapes among pregnant women. That, that has to be um, dealt with and we need to move on from that. But certainly for, for some years now, we've been using vapes with, with pregnant women to very good effect. That is particularly important, of course, because of the sensitive nature around pregnancy. And is that not then a big vote in favor of vaping efficacy and safety? Yes. And a study was done recently, uh, well, published uh, last year, um, run by Queen Mary University London, led by Peter Hayek and, and many other respected um, researchers to show that the, 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 the outcomes for women who vape during pregnancy um, were you know, not of concern at all. They, they were as good as women who, who um, were using NRT. Um, I'm not going to go into the detail here, but it was very reassuring. And what, what we have in, in um, England is the Challenge Group on Smoking and Pregnancy, which is a coalition of um, stakeholders who you know, are very concerned about the health of women and their, and their unborn babies. Um, and they, you know, the challenge group strongly supports the use of vapes for women who would otherwise be smoking. So clearly, we're not saying that women who, who weren't smoking uh, should try vaping. Absolutely not. But if they were otherwise going to be smoking, much, much safer that they use a vape instead. So when you take a look at the Swap to Stop program, is it likely to succeed in cutting smoking rates? Yes, <laughs> yes, I think unequivocally. Um, we've already seen smoking rates falling faster than ever before, you know, once once the, the, the concept of, of switching to a, a, a re reduced risk product, um, you know, began to uh, sort of like gain momentum. Um, and despite the efforts of you know, the media and people who are very anti-vaping, you know, pe people are taking to it and sticking with it as well. I think we're sometimes challenged that um, that some 
vapors also smoke as well. But you can hardly be surprised when there's so much information uh, in, in the newspapers, for instance, about how dangerous vaping could be. And so many people saying that, you know, you're just getting addicted to something, something else um, or that vaping is as bad as smoking. It's no wonder that people don't then distinguish between the two. I, as part of my work for the, um, for the Smoke Free app, um, I did uh, a, a brief intervention session at one of the hospitals where we've got a scheme going to help NHS staff to quit smoking. And you wouldn't believe how many people said, oh, well, I thought, you know, it didn't really matter if I vaped or if I smoked because they're both as bad for you as, as each other. And, you know, so we had to explain to healthcare professionals who were smoking that, no, absolutely not, you know, smoking up here, vaping absolutely, you know, at floor level in terms of their risk profile. I think the, the uncertainty that still exists amongst people who, who just read the headlines and don't know the detail is that they're, they're still concerned about the... the um, the safety of nicotine itself. So we've, we've done such a good job of, of frightening people about the use of nicotine in a smoked cigarette, that people now think that nicotine is the worst thing in a cigarette. Um, and, uh, you know, you will often hear people say, you know, we want people to stop smoking, then stop vaping, stop using nicotine altogether. Now, I, I would argue, um, and certainly, you know, from the point of view of the New Nicotine Alliance, you know, we see that um, if people want to use nicotine as a, a, a recreational, pleasurable drug, um, you know, it's really on a par with caffeine. It's certainly less harmful than alcohol. Um, you know, th there's, there's a lot to be said for, you know, just relaxing a little bit about, about nicotine. If it's not being smoked, it's not anywhere near as dangerous. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be a long evolution, I suppose, of the, the, the sort of like public consciousness in terms of accepting nicotine as a, um, a, a drug of, of choice, a, a, a drug that people don't have to worry too much about. Now, certainly this news is worth, you know, a couple of high fives. But are we right to have said that anti-vaping campaigners had been making headway in the UK over the last six to 12 months. They have. There's, there's certainly, you know, very frequent, very damning news stories that, um, you know, I could, I could sort of like take them apart sentence by sentence, but it's like whack-a-mole that you, you no sooner deal with one that another one comes up. Um, and, and this seems to be a concerted effort by people who, may have very genuine fears that, you know, for instance, uh, young people, you know, the, I mean, they, they say that, you know, we're gonna see a whole new generation of young people addicted to nicotine, but in fact, there's no evidence to actually back that up. Um, ASH, Action on Smoking and Health, do frequent annual um, surveys of, of youth use. And, you know, the, the figures show that the majority of young people have neither smoked nor vaped, um, and that much of, of the, the vape use is experimental. Um, you know, young people experiment with all sorts of things, don't they? And, and you know, this seems to be the fad of the moment. It's certainly not helped by, um, you know, shops making illegal sales. And I, I you know, I do support, um, you know, the government and the, you know, the, the 
the other stakeholders who say that we need to do something about that. I think it's important to look at the complexity of young people's lives. You know, firstly, we're not talking about children as in five and six year olds. We're talking about adolescents. Um, and in fact, some people's definition of young people goes up to, you know, 21. So, you know, these are, these are people who are, uh, you know, adults are working, they could get married and have children and so on. So, you know, we're not talking about tinies here. But also, um, teen life these days is much harder than it was five years ago. You know, the COVID epidemic wrecked young people's social lives. It caused more anxiety. We've got the cost of living crisis, which, which is, you know, having an impact. And I read last week that 7%, and in fact, I'm just going to check the, I, I wrote it down so that I can refer back to it. Yeah, 7% of UK 17-year-olds, or, or by the time they're 17, have tried to commit suicide. Now, that's, that's a lot of young people. Um, one in four have self-harmed. Now, a lot of this will be about anxiety. If they turn to vaping to manage their anxiety, I'd much rather that they did that than turn to smoking. Um, I'd much rather they, they did that than, than cutting themselves or using alcohol or cannabis. Um, you know, of, of all the things they could be doing to manage their anxiety, um, you know, developing eating disorders, for instance. You know, vaping is one of the, the least harmful. I'm certainly not, you know, I'm a grandmother. I've got grandchildren. I don't want them to vape. I don't want them to smoke. But I think it's important that we look at the complexity of these young people's lives and, you know, see that it's not just a black and white issue. If that makes sense? Absolutely, it makes sense. Now, how have the anti-vaping campaigners reacted to the swap to stop program? I think it's too early to say. Um, you know, the announcement only came out early this week. We're, we're sort of like two days away from the announcement. And I think it's, it's too soon to say what the reaction is going to be. I'm sure there will be one. Um, I'm not aware of the BMA um, producing anything, but I mean, there's a lot else going on in this country anyway at the moment in the, you know, in, in, the, in the NHS, um, a lot of unrest at the moment. But uh, yes, I'm sure there will be, there will be commentary. Well, if you uh, only got a 24-hour notice, those that are on side with this government program, then you can imagine that it would have been a complete shock for the campaigners that have been trying to uh, restrict vaping. Let me ask you, Louise, on its face, this appears to be a monumental program. The question is, will it happen? Oh, I believe it will happen, yes, yes. Um, you know, there are already plans to, um, to get the digital um, behavioral support program running. Um, you know, there should be some you know work accelerated on that in, in its next month or so. Um, the the other thing that's happened is that the um, what used to be Public Health England, which is now OHID, have procured they've 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 organised the procurement of of a supply of vapes so that stop smoking services can buy direct from a government department. So they will have already done the, you know, the due diligence, the, the governance, the, you know, checking of 
um, compliance with the regulations and so on, so that stop smoking services don't have to do that. Um, and the NCSCT has just produced a, a guide to how, how stop smoking services can actually use this, what, what's known as a, a procurement portal to get their vapes in. So this will give stop smoking services confidence that they're buying a product that's, that's safe, that's effective, good value for money, uh, and has been checked for um, all the things that a stop smoking service would worry about and a local authority as well, because it's not just what the stop smoking services uh, have to worry about, it's what the local authority um, have to be concerned about. Uh, and that's why a lot of services haven't actually dipped their toe in the water yet and, and acquired vapes to actually give to their, uh, their service users, because they, you know, they're not sure whether they're going to get it all right. Well, the government has made sure that um, that it's got right for them, so they can just buy, um, buy and supply. Do we know anything about the actual devices? Are they refillable? Do we know the brand? We don't know the brand yet. Um, there's going to be uh, an information webinar about that in a couple of weeks' time. Um, my understanding is that um, businesses will be able to um, tender for business and, and you know, go through the process of, of making sure that this is a good product to be able to be used. But, but generally, stop smoking services that have been buying vapes anyway, they tend to use tank systems. And, and of course, this, this brings us on to the question of, of COP10, the Conference of the Parties 10, uh, that will be happening in Panama uh, under the auspices of the uh, World Health Organization, who are looking to actually ban tank systems, ban flavours, reclassify vapour as smoke. Now, this, is, this, is, this runs completely counter to what the UK has just announced. Um, and to my mind, I, I don't know everything there is to know about COP10 and what will be happening, but it strikes me that we need to make sure that as many countries as possible do something to, to make a stand against this, this notion that, you know, we should be doing everything we can to eradicate vaping because this will drive people back to smoking. And, you know, it, it's a very anti-public health measure. It certainly puts uh, England's um, delegation uh, to COP10 at odds with those programs that are trying to get, trying to get pushed through. Yes, I would say so. Are there any ways do you think this program, the Swap to Stop program, could be derailed by vaping opponents? <laughs> That's a crystal ball sort of question. Isn't and definitely it? don't give them any ideas. <laughs> yes, I, I certainly hope not. I, I'm confident that there is enough support that so many respected health organisations in this country have, have, have got it right. You know, we're, we're, we're doing surveillance all the time. This, this isn't something that will, you know, suddenly sort of like catch people on the hop. Uh, and you know, oh, suddenly we you know we find there's some kind of you know harm emerges without somebody you know realizing that this is on the horizon. And and all the research studies that are happening in this country are you know sifting for um, for patterns, for possible harms, for benefits as well, um, so that we can make a, a, a rational response to to the place. 
of tobacco harm reduction in, in the wider public health arena. Um, and, you know, clearly as, as products change and modify, develop, improve, you know, if, if some harm is discovered, some tweaks can happen to make sure that, you know, if, if a flavour, if a particular flavour was found to be harmful, that can be stopped from being used. Um, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, improvements that can be introduced along the line. But there's no doubt this program's a win. Yes, yes, absolutely.